Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. Hello world. I'm Ran Elfasi and welcome to Shooting It Raw. The podcast that starts with a few photos, some cool people, and then who knows. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Sasha Heldane. Sasha, 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 is a very interesting person. Um, I met her haphazardly, totally randomly. And here's somebody who essentially discovered photography about really to kind of dive in to learn more and just she became really passionate about something. And hopefully she'll inspire you. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with cutie spiders. Enjoy. Okay, well, for me, photography means a chance to connect with nature. So I find it incredibly relaxing to get out with my little camera and uh, be outside and take photos of amazing uh, natural phenomena, usually insects on my part. Sasha Haldane, how do I say your last name? Uh, Haldane. Haldane, okay. So first of all, thank you very much for joining me on Shooting It Raw. And one of the reasons why I invited you on was because I saw your images of the spiders and somebody who doesn't like spiders who's who's listening to this podcast might be like oh really but yeah we're gonna get into it because if you were are what (laughs) spiders are cute (laughs) they're very cute they're super cute once you get into it you know um it it, the, the more you learn the more fascinating they become yeah, that's right. They are um, absolutely amazing. And of course, you know, I obviously concentrate more on the jumping spiders than um, the the normal spiders, but um, I find both fascinating, actually. The jumping spiders have given me a bit more of a insight into the other types of spiders that we see in Hong Kong as well. And so, you know, I actually really now am interested in all spiders in Hong Kong. Okay, so the first photo you sent, uh, and that I, you know, wh- the one I've chosen is, uh, I don't know if the, if I'm going to butcher the the pronunciation, but Iposilla, uh, probably Blaire. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation because it seems amongst everybody that I chat to about the spiders, the the pronunciation is <laughs> totally different, and I actually don't know if I'm getting it right either. Okay, so I say. I say Epicilla, okay. but some people say Epicilla. I mean, there's all sorts of different pronunciations. So I'll say, I'll keep on with my pronunciations, even though they're probably wrong. And I'm going to say an Epicilla. I, I um, want to talk about that for a second. Okay. Yeah. By the way, we're going to, we're going to take digressions all over the place. Okay. So you know how children, uh, when, when they're learning how to speak, uh, they'll say, they'll say words kind of incorrectly or whatever, and you kind of correct them. And my daughter you know, and this is very common, would say library, right? Oh, I'm going to the library. And so we would always, co- like, you know, correct her, it's library, because we say, you know, Canadian or whatever, library, library, and the library is a library. And then, so I was telling this to, uh, so so your accent, where are you from? Are you, did you grew up in, in Hong Kong? Yeah, I, so I'm originally a Kiwi, a New Zealander, ah. um, but I grew, I grew up in Hong Kong from the age of three. Oh, nice. My accent is kind of a mix-up mm-hmm. of much everything. Yeah. So I was talking to one of Caden's, like a dad, a fellow dad, like another dad, and he's from Bristol or he's from Bath or he's from some some place in the UK. 
And I was telling him about, you know, how I'm correcting you, my daughter, you know, library. And he goes, oh, you mean a library? And I was like, what? And he goes, a library? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. there is no right pronunciation for anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So- when, I, when I was a kid, I used to um, I used to read quite a lot. And so I, I didn't have any guidance on my pronunciation there either. And I used to say Island instead of Ireland all the okay. time. So, sure, sure. Yeah. So, Epostola, how do you say again? Eposilla? Yeah, it's either Eposilla or Eposilla. Oh, okay. It could be either. Um, you know, probably I'm saying it wrong because uh, when I go out with other people who are also photographers, sometimes they say, what are you saying? And I'm saying, <laughs> you know, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the good things, okay, so one of the amazing and, and really arresting uh, things about your photo. So the first photograph is uh, with a, a kind of a ring flash or something because the light is even bright uh it's a it's a spider that's in you know close-up image uh it's kind of yellowish you can see the hairs on its feet uh you can see the very dawny hairs on on its head there's a bit of orange it's okay so the body is a, a kind of a yellowish amber and the head has some white some brown orange some of the eyes so what's, what's fascinating about these, these spiders is they have these two large front-facing eyes, and then yeah, that's right. on yeah, and then on both sides there are two other smaller dark black eyes, and then uh, the rear part of its body is mostly yellow with these white and black bands, and uh, you can't you can't see the fangs too much, but uh, I assume this was photographed on a rock. It looks like it's on a stone with um, lichen. It's actually on a railing. I ah. one of my patches is a set of railings, um, and there are a lot of jumping spiders on those railings, mm. and that's how I managed to see um, a lot of them. Because right. otherwise, you have to spend a lot of time hunting through, um, you know, trees and leaves to find things. Mm, mm. Um, mm. I'm quite lucky to have sites that I know about that have quite a lot of jumpers on them. Nice. So. It's a beautiful. It's a it's a stunning image. It's stunning. Um, so most people who are going to uh, listen into this podcast who don't like spiders are going to look at listen, probably look at us or just wonder why, why, why? How did you get into into spiders? Well, I mean, it's a longish story. Um, <laughs> I've always kind of been interested in spiders, um, and also in in wildlife and and you know sort of nature. And um, I went along to one of uh, Robert Ferguson's exhibitions and I saw his pictures of lantern bugs. And I'd never seen those in Hong Kong before. I didn't mm. understand how it was that I'd grown up all this time in Hong Kong, you know, basically my whole life, and never seen anything like this. And he very kindly directed me to where I could find some. Mm. Um, and that started my interest in insects in Hong Kong. Mm. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit hit and miss in the last two years or so. Mm. Um, and then I, I joined the iNaturalist City Challenge, where you go out and take pictures over the weekend, and you try and it's it's every city around the world who does it, um, and you try and take as many pictures as you possibly can of all the different species within your your home city, yeah. and load it down to iNaturalist and ID it, and then mm-hmm. the city with the most ID photos wins. Yeah, Hong Kong's um, and amazing. Yeah, and Hong Kong usually comes second or third in the world with that because mm-hmm. the biodiversity here is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And we, um, I, I did it last year, and then I did it again this year. And, of course, this year there was more impetus because there's not much to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just towards the end of it, 
I was going along a set of railings with my kids on just a walk and I had my camera getting, well, sorry, I had my phone taking pictures, mm-hmm. right, because of that step, I was using my phone. And the um, on the railing, I, and the reason I was looking at the railings was because my daughter had noted that there were a lot of insects on railings and mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that. She's the one who pointed it out to me, actually. Mm-hmm. I have to credit her because otherwise she'll be upset. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, so I, I saw this little jumping spider and it was very sunny and it was kind of gleaming in the light. Mm. It was like a lovely gold color. And I I put my phone down to it because the thing you've got to bear in mind is these jumping spiders are tiny. Tiny. Most of them, they're ti- most of them are the size of my thumbnail or smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest ones are only as big as the first joint of my thumb. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are like four, four, three millimeters long. Yeah. All right. So in order to actually see them, I had to get my, my camera there and get the magnification out. Mm-hmm. And when I had magnification um, with, with, my, with my phone camera on, I, the, little, the little spider suddenly tilted its head to one side. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very almost human gesture. Mm-hmm. It was like, or, or, you know, like your favorite dog would do. It was like, you know, what, what the heck are you? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing here? What are you, why are you sort of pointing this thing in my face? And it was very a very contemplative look. And I just immediately went, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're so cute. <laughs> They're so cute. And so I, I, was, I was so wrapped with this spider, I started looking for more and more spiders. So I was taking pictures with my, with my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, the phones are pretty good in terms of cameras. So I was getting okay images. And I was posting those up on the, the Facebook site. Bug City 2, right, right which is right. the Hong Kong bugs. It's all the Hong Kong bug enthusiasts and people who just want to identify what the heck a bug is. The experts who are on that page will help you out. Mm-hmm. And finally, some of the people on the site started approaching me and saying, you're actually seeing some really unusual spiders here. What do you think about getting a proper camera? Oh, got it. <laughs> right. And, and getting, you know, getting some better shots for, a, for, for better ID because, you know, some of the spiders you're seeing there are actually quite rare. Oh, wow. So I, I went out and got, um, you know, the, the thing that was, was in my budget was an Olympus TG6, mm-hmm. just a little handheld camera um, with really good macro capabilities. And I basically started taking the photos and I was absolutely wrapped because, of course, I could actually see the details mm-hmm. um, spiders so much better than I could from my phone <laughs> and and so I've just continued taking photos of of anything that I come across on the railings that looks interesting oh, or nice. on any other side that I happen to be on but I'm really I'm concentrating on the jumpers and and then sort of extending towards the other spiders because those are kind of the things I'm most fascinated with mm. hey did you have you uh have you gotten any images of uh lantern beetles that you can send maybe it'd be I nice to, it'd be nice to post a, an image of a lantern beetle if you have one yeah absolutely I'll, I'll i'll grab one and send it to you uh so you can see what i'm talking about yeah for, from but also from my perspective Lantern beetles, to me, are by far the most beautiful insects I've ever seen. I mean, they're just so impossibly beautiful and colorful. And, and you look at it, and the first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it. And uh, Yeah, no, it's just the weirdest, weirdest looking bug. Most but beautiful. But also the colors are absolutely stunning. Yeah. And especially also when, you know, if they actually open their wings out, not only 
have that amazing red nose and the amazing green back, but then you also have the astonishing yellow wings underneath. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they are absolutely stunning. So, um, I've seen a couple of videos online of jumping spiders uh, displaying some very interesting, sweet behavior. And I know like people who listen to this who who haven't seen this are going to be like, what are these guys smoking? And uh, I'm not stoned at the moment. Are you stoned? It's pretty early. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I've got early morning fuzz, uh, fuzz brain, but I'm definitely not stoned. (laughs) But like this videos and this, I mean, the, the spiders, what, and okay. So what's, so what stands out about, uh, for you about the jumping spider that you find if there's this one feature about them that you were to pick, what was the one feature that you'd say that is bonkers that people don't know about? Oh, <laughs> the one major feature. Um, I mean, their eyes are amazing, right? Because they, they have eight eyes and they have to obviously brain sequence the images that are coming in from the eight eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big two eyes that you see are, are almost like telescopes, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they go all the way back. They have lenses that are very much like telescopic lenses. And they use those for, for hunting with mm-hmm. um, because, because that's their, their primary sort of um, hunting tool is, is their incredible vision. Uh, and then the, all the other eyes around the side have um, – they, they basically source movement. And, and then the brain has to – take in all those images and all the movement things and, and make it into one sort of one thing that it, it can understand. It's interesting in, in, in some ways people have that as well because they have the, the, the cones and the rods. Mm-hmm. So the cones enter and the rods and on the outside and their brains, our brains also have to comprehend all the images and, and the movement factors that are coming in. But the spiders just have so many more. Mm-hmm. So to me, that is, is absolutely astonishing. I mean, as far as, the other factor that I love about those spiders is that they're so feisty, yeah. right? They are so <laughs> they are so um, brave and daring. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm coming and looming over them, they'll they'll a lot of them will pretty much stand their ground, and um, quite often they'll jump they'll jump me. Oh, yeah. All right, so they'll jump my my camera because <laughs> they can see a ref- they can see a reflection of themselves in the camera. Oh. They'll even they'll if they see my hands too close, they'll just jump them nice. because they're like, I, 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 I'm the king here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I really like, I really am attracted to that, that bravery that they mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. So uh, just, just to geek out a little bit. So you've got this, uh, this camera, are you using a ring flash? Are you using, what, how, how are you getting the, the lighting? The, so the, the, the lighting, and it took me a while because you'll see like, when you look on my range of photos, you'll see it took me a while to get a flash going. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I said before, I am very technically incompetent. <laughs> so um, so just new stuff, you know, it has to be, I have to be talked into it a bit. Sure. Um, and so someone actually lent me their diffuser because I was finding with the, the normal flash, it was just too harsh. The yeah. images, I was, I was overexposing them. It was just... Um, it just wasn't working out, so mm-hmm. I went. I went for a walk with another photographer, and he very kindly uh, lent me his his diffuser for the, for the second camera, so I could see the effect. 
So I'm using the the TG6 ring diffuser, okay. which is um, obviously the the disadvantage with that is that you know sometimes it cuts your image in, in half a bit in terms of where the light goes. Mm-hmm. Unlike the huge diffusers that the the big cameras have, where you can have this huge soft light mm-hmm. diffuser from from the flash. I you know I have to be very directive with my with my flash and diffuser, um, mm-hmm. not to have shadows across the spiders. But it does actually make for a much better lit photo and then i think someone was telling me the other day that there's also an led light diffuser which i'm i'd be interested in finding mm. but it's also just getting them from the camera shops here right, is right um you know find, finding all the accessories <laughs> i love that that okay so what do you do do you have a day job like what what, what who are you what's your um, life so I, I mean i have a i do a couple of things okay um i, I used to be a full-time criminal lawyer oh. criminal and human rights lawyer what um I retired from amazing from doing that, and so what I do now is I part time tutor at Hong Kong U mm. in in the PCLL program, which is um, basically the practical law. So I do um, things like litigation and advocacy. Oh wow! Um, and that's that's my my part time, and then I also I also have a little business where I do. I mean, this is very randomly weird. I have a little business called Black Cat. Badges. Okay. And I run a stall at various craft fairs and I have um, badge making and bracelets and bracelet making kits for kids. Oh, wow. Because I love, I love color and things like that. So, um, so yeah, whenever there's fairs, which, <laughs> you know, it's a bit right. tricky. Right at the moment. now is a bit, yeah. We just had one, but the next one's just been canceled at Discovery Bay, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I've, I've got a stall going. So I spend a fair amount of time also making stuff because it's all handmade by mm. me. Well, nice, nice to know. <laughs> well, okay. in between that, I do the spider photography. Nice. So, so, so here's how uh, our our kind of histories kind of intersect very, very uh, tangentially. Um, one of my first careers out of when I, after I finished my bachelor's degree was uh, working for the Ontario Human Rights Commission. And, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the Human Rights Commission had three branches. Uh, policy and education, communication, I guess. And then the other one was the legal, the legal side, right? right. So I worked a lot with the uh, human rights lawyers. And, and so you practiced here in Hong Kong? Yeah, so I did. And I, so when I say that I was doing the human rights, I was doing a lot of work for uh, on, on the torture claims wow. um, section here. Okay. So, um, and I did, that, I did that for about three years. Okay. And, uh, Does Hong Kong have a thriving torture market? <laughs> to put it in a weird way, there, I mean, there, at the time that I started doing it, there were a lot of claims, okay. um, and I think there was a huge backlog with them because it wasn't recognised. Mm. Initially, people weren't recognising that that Hong Kong was a signatory. Oh, okay. So when a court case came along that uh, basically said that Hong Kong had to recognize and process those claims, um, there was a huge backlog of cases involved. And I think it's probably, you know, it, it, there's probably less cases coming through now, but there's a fair, there's a fair number still mm-hmm. um, being processed because, you know, as refugees come through here, either deliberately or accidentally, sometimes they just get dumped here, basically. Oh, wow. Uh, because, you know, they've, they've been they've been coming through and, and, and they can't get any further sure. uh, for various reasons. Um, and then so that then they'll obviously be making uh, claims to the human rights commission and to the, the torture claim section. Wow. So, and did you study in Hong Kong? Oh no, I, I actually did my law degree in New Zealand. Okay. And um, then 
uh, came back here and practiced. And then I practiced also for a while in Australia, you know, wherever we were going with my husband's job. Right. I practiced in Australia and then I was back here practicing again uh, and then down in New Zealand for a while. But in New Zealand, I was mainly just teaching. Okay. Now that you came from New Zealand to Hong Kong, like, was it an easy transition to come to Hong Kong? Like, is it, is it something that's relatively um, transferable? I grew up here. So, I mean, to me, you know, everything in Hong Kong feels pretty normal. But in terms of the, the processing of human rights here, I wouldn't have said that it was particularly progressive. Mm. That, that, that's kind of where my gut would, would, would go on that yeah, answer. No, it, it, it's definitely not um, progressive okay. in, in terms of how you deal with refugees here. I do understand that, I mean, that to some extent, the, the, it, it comes back towards when we had all the Vietnamese refugees coming in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, initially people here were very sympathetic and, and did all they could. But as we got swamped further and further with more refugees, I think the people became less empathetic. Right. And I think that's basically a, a fallout from that right. in the way that we now deal with refugees in Hong Kong as well. So fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next uh, photo. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're responding to my question. You can. You don't need to apologize. <laughs> okay. So the next photograph, uh, also bonkers beautiful, is tel telamonia. Tel- I, I say telamonia. Telamonia. Um, Thank you. And interestingly, that one is pre is pre-flash. Uh, okay. Luckily, lucky, lucky sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so good. So good. So so the image, if I can describe it, again, it's a close-up. And uh, it's this is less yellow. It's a little closer to the brown, but some, a little bit translucent almost. And it's are, are a lot of uh, jumping spiders kind of translucent? Yeah, I mean, especially if under the hair, you'll see there are slightly translucent sections. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, a lot of them, and when they, when they're juveniles, you really do see a lot of translucency there as well. Yeah. So so in this case, the the spider is facing the camera face on, so you only see four eyes. So you have the two large ones that are totally black, two smaller ones on either side. Uh, the 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 legs, you can see the hairs, and there's a bit of red on them, and it's kind of you. It's it's just sort of checking you out, and it is just. I think once you get over the hump of, it's a hairy, creepy, crawly, um, they're actually extremely, like, it's very easy to anthropomorphize them because of the eyes and everything to not sort of feel like, you're a cutie. Yeah, uh, those big black puppy dog type eyes looking at you Mm -hmm. really do, you know, make you sort of melt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's and, you know, the, there was a cartoon called Lucas the Spider. Mm-hmm. I think there was, a, there was a, um, an animation of a jumping spider and it had huge puppy dog eyes. Oh, okay. A lot of people, when they look at my photos, say, oh, I remember seeing that cartoon and um, I'm, I'm linking it in with the, the photos I'm seeing you take. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the interesting thing with the eyes in comparison to the, the epicilla, which we had the photo of before, is that you can see that the color is black. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that as the spider shifts its vision around, where it's focusing on, you see the eyes are black. Mm-hmm. So in the last one, the spider was only looking at it, me, me with its side eyes. So those eyes were black, mm-hmm. all right? 
in this one, all of the eyes are focused directly on me, and so the the, the black color appears there. So the 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 spider itself is this kind of slightly red tinged translucent brown um it's got the very dark black hairs on its legs and what's kind of neat is kind of when you look at the 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 ends of each leg like its feet they're dark black and they're little they're quite petite they're quite these small little and so for example this spider is probably i'd say about the size of a baby pea right like they're tiny yeah i'd say that would be about right yeah so this is a pretty recent thing of you going out to make photographs of, of spiders. Yeah, no, I've only been to April. <laughs> this podcast starts off with the with a notion of photography, right? Shooting it raw, so raw being a raw yeah. file. The, the, the premise is we all have these great cameras and people are taking all kinds of photographs. But the question is, what kind of story, what are, what are people doing with their, with their cameras? And... In this case, completely random discovery. Uh, it was actually through the um, the Bug City uh, group that I saw, started seeing your images pop up, and I thought, "Wow, like these are these are just really engaging and and sweet and and fantastic." So, of your photographs, what was the most surprising effect or reaction or connection that you've had, where somebody said, "Oh, they came out of the blue." Yeah, you know what I'm really excited about with my photos is because my spiders do actually look really cute, I've had a a number of people who are afraid of insects or spiders now have a look at my photos and come back to me and say, actually, they aren't so scary after all. And I had one, there was um, someone I sing in choir with, her daughter was afraid of spiders and I said oh look I'm going to send you a couple of photos to show her Mm -hmm. so I sent those photos and her daughter was so interested and excited that the next time she saw a spider in her room she said it's okay mum just leave it there right so I mean I really I really love that reaction I mean what I'm really hopeful I guess now with my photos is that people will look at the photos of the insects I have and say, wow, Hong Kong has these amazing mm-hmm. um, pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually, you know, obviously do more to preserve them. Uh, but also we just should have a better reaction towards them. We shouldn't be frightened of them. We shouldn't, ha- our first reaction shouldn't necessarily be to whack the, mm-hmm. the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so to me, you know, that, and that initial reaction was quite surprising, like that, that I got this, oh, they're, they're actually really cute after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm really excited by that reaction. I want to try and have more people excited by that as well. Was this image also, I mean, it, the, the spider is on a gray, it looks like a railing. So I guess this is consistent. It's on a gray railing. Again, a railing. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, the trouble is most of my spiders are, are on railings. So the backgrounds are a little bit boring. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Occasionally I will get them on a leaf or something you know, nicely green, but a lot of the time... This is great. Look, this is where they're living. This is... Uh, and, and look, yeah. the, ultimately, what, ma- what matters is the image kind of works. Uh, do you know why you tend to photograph... Well, so of the, of the images I've seen, maybe it's just the ones I've picked, and maybe it's just because the female of the species more, is more pretty than the male, but... Are, are they, they? Do they tend to be females? Like oh, I, okay, the, I, I mean, I photograph both. But the interesting thing is, and this is a technical thing, I haven't yet worked out with my photography. To be honest, a lot of the males are darker; they're blacker in color. Mm. And so, what happens is that 
when I'm when I'm trying to get photos of them, the light both gets sucked into and reflected very harshly off them. Right, <laughs> so, right. So actually getting those little black spiders to actually photograph well is trickier. So a lot of my better photos are of are of the females mm-hmm. of the species. Right. Um, obviously there are species where they're not quite so what you call sexually dimorphic. That means they don't have the different coloration. Yeah. Um, the, the the different even the slightly different shape to them because you'll see you know if you if you do have a look and I'm pointing out the difference sometimes you'll find they're just slightly differently shaped or or, or differently colored looking mm-hmm. but if they're if they're very similar to each other in in terms of appearance there are other things that you can tell them apart and some of the males I will have photos of because they're they're the same as the females and the same colors right but yeah it's something i i still have to work out with my photography with those poor males (laughs) well it's it's cool that i find i like i am really inspired by the by the idea of somebody who's just living their lives and who knows what triggers what sparks this this all of a sudden this this fascination and this impulse to all of a sudden decide hey you know what this is actually really cool. And then you kind of jump in and you go and you get yourself a camera and now you're getting more into lights. And I can see that that part of your growth is there's a challenge of it in the sense of, okay, I, I'm, I'm challenged because I want to get a better and better image. And you're also be able to get the results. So you're having the incremental improvement, which is very satisfying. So yeah, like it's, it's interesting that, that you've gotten great results so quickly. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm lucky because, as I said, I've got these railings and I've got the spiders on the railings. I've got the subjects there, um, so it does make them a little bit easier to photograph mm-hmm. and to find. I mean, obviously, it, you know, I spend a bit of time galloping up and down the rails as the spiders move around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've, you know, I've, I often have to get about twenty shots before I get a good one. Right. Um, of course. But 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 the the lucky thing for me is that I've got in a sense, the spiders on tap to, ex- to mm-hmm. experiment with it. And I mean, you know, a lot of the photography, yeah, there's a huge amount of experimentation I've got to do because the sizing of the spiders, you know, sometimes they are so tiny, they are half the size of my fingernail mm-hmm. and trying to actually get a sharp image. And they're fast. Of, and, and they're fast moving as well. I mean, only when they decide, right, finally, I'm going to stand my ground and, and, and you know, sort of, possibly you know just before they jump me mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quite often i can get that that good shot mm-hmm. um and i have had a lot of improvement over the last few months just you know working on you know what works with light and yeah um no i love it like that yeah it's great it's absolutely great in fact what you did was you opened the door for a perfect with a perfect segue to the next image This is a good one. So it's a, it's a, I'm going to go on a limb and call it a siler female. I call it a siler, although I have friends who call them sillas. Well, so they're, they're honestly, silly. So yeah, they're silly. I they don't know, know what they're talking about. <laughs> and, and. No, I, I call them silers. I'm assuming this is a female. Yeah, this but, is a female yeah. because the, the males actually look uh, almost identical in terms of coloration, but the males have very hairy forelegs oh, okay. and very, Fluffy, very fluffy palps mm. that is those two those two little sort of arm things in the front the little tiny ones the, those are the palps and the the male palps are where they store the rep- reproductive materials so actually they tend to be sort of more sort of rounded and and fluffier <laughs> ah. so how do you spell that p 
O A L E S. Okay, palps. Got it. Uh, library. Yeah, got it. So the, these spiders, speaking, because we actually were talking about the, uh, earlier about uh, when you're talking about dimorphism and everything, I was thinking to myself, yeah, like a peacock, you know, like a uh, the hen isn't very bright or very colored. And yeah, then you look right. at the male, it's like crazy bonkers, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Actually, interestingly, the the males are usually darker than the females mm-hmm. in the sexualism sort of scale. Yeah. So that's, yeah, on spiders. And I don't know if that's because they're trying to stay a little bit more unobtrusive um, in terms of um, being seen by the female. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so let me describe the image. So the image is is uh, kind of cool because the the railing uh, is, is somewhat tilted, and or the, it's it's the, the spider seems to be on a tilted, I don't know, flooring, I guess, and it's obviously. It's two front legs. So again, it's a close-up. You can only see four of the eyes. It's two front legs are high, you know, kind of threatening, um, like I'm going to jump you sort of position. And you can see, so it's a dark, dark spider. You can see a lot more of the hairs. It's a lot hairier than the previous images. The, the back of the spider. So this is this is one of our very colorful spider species. Mm-hmm. And so you can see a little bit of the color at the back. So you yeah. can see some of the blue-orange yeah. coloration um that these have. sometimes when i've seen some photographs of these um they look almost iridescent yeah they, they are incredibly colorful spiders in in terms of i don't know if people have come across the peacock um dancing spiders in in australia um, mm-hmm. and the incredible colors that those guys have well these these are kind of our equivalent of the peacock they don't have those amazing mating dances but in terms of the coloration the two different types of salas are the really amazing colored yeah. spiders in Hong. Yeah, that's great. And uh, these guys are quite interesting because a lot of spiders don't um, don't eat ants, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's only a, a, about two or three, except for the, the ant mimic spiders themselves, which obviously look like the ants and they, they trail after the ants for food. And then there's a, another species called Theania, which um, tends to eat ants as well. But the Silas actually a- actively see- seek out ants oh, to wow. eat. In fact, they will go into the nests and get the larvae as well oh, wow. as, as the adults. And so those raised front arms, I think, has something to do with the same as with the, the ant mimic spiders. They actually have them raised up to mimic the antennae oh. of of the um, ants. And so when they come across an ant, you immediately see them raise those little front legs up in a sort of half defensive, half sort of I'm one of you type posture, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And then everyone will sort of scurry along and they'll they'll go and follow the ants to try and follow them to the nest. Oh, okay. Uh, And when they see something that's threatening, they'll also raise up those front legs and wave them at you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of style of photos you get will be front legs waved. Right. it almost like they're in a holdup. <laughs> so, so were you a budding entomologist uh, twenty years ago? No, absolutely. Not. <laughs> so this is all recent. I did want to be a marine biologist. Okay, I was. I, I, that was. Um, that, I've always been really fascinated with the sea, and in fact, I have a scuba diving instructor's certificate. Nice. Are you now the village cook who's outside taking pictures of spiders, and then it's just like, oh yeah, there she is again. Yeah, the people who come across me regularly are like, what the heck. <laughs> They can't see what you're trying to photograph, and I, and I do I do actually offend the the 
a lot of people because I'm like, get your hands off the railings. <laughs> they're trying to come along for their normal walk. Yeah. I'm like, hands off, hands off. <laughs> You're killing my subjects. <laughs> I don't probably win a lot of friends in that respect. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Um, okay, so um, we have in Hong Kong, I think a, a pretty lot, we have a tarantula species, yeah? Yeah, we have we have some amazing tarantulas. They're all tiny though. Right. They're all they're all very small. Oh. Um, people didn't freak out about your tarantulas. Okay. Um, there's no there's no particularly big ones. Oh, okay. The 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 largest one I've seen is probably the huntsman. Yes. Yes. So the huntsman, the huntsman, and the crab spiders can get quite big. Yeah. Again, they're they're you know they're actually very shy. Those spiders, they 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 don't really want to be near you if they can help it. Of course. Of course. If I'm trying to get photos of the the huntsman um, spiders on the on the railings, uh, sometimes they come out. They, they, there's a lot more at night. The crab spiders and the and the the huntsman on the railings, are, mm-hmm. but they're all really shy. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, they're they're running up and down the railings, and you're chasing after them, trying to get photos. <laughs> For some reason, I have Benny Hill the theme music yeah, in no, my head. It is, Sorry, it is, it is it is quite Benny Hill like. You know, <laughs> Okay, so so in your house, would you pick up a spider with your hand? Uh, yes, now I would. Um, initially, I was a bit a bit worried about it, but uh, definitely now I'm quite happy to do that. What's the largest spider you'd pick up? Probably a small, the smaller huntsman. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, um, I I wouldn't, for example, pick up a golden orb. Right. All right, just because they do have a, a little bit of a bite. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to be aware of. I mean, the, the bites are not in any way fatal mm-hmm. um or in fact that that dangerous basically they'd give you a bit of a a sting and then an, a, an itchy spot for a while so you know you do you do have to be aware of of that with, mm-hmm. with the orbs but again orbs you know th- those are the big spiders everyone sees when they're out hunting uh, when they're out hiking right yep. they're the ones that, that sit in uh, in the big webs and the webs are incredibly strong yeah and but but i mean they when they're threatened will try and go down to the side of the web rather right. than you know, yep. than at you it's only if you blunder web abs- accidentally and they don't have time to get away they may have might have a defensive reaction so you don't have to really worry about them because mm-hmm. they they want to get away from you as much as you want to get away from them uh, and that's the same with most of the spiders but with the bigger spiders i am aware that some of them have a slightly you know sort of will, will give me a bit of an itchy sort of reaction for a while mm-hmm. i think just just listening to you speak about your you know, your sudden sort of awakening to, to this photography and then just kind of developing and, and, and getting closer and getting better images. So for the people who, who, who are listening to this who aren't in Hong Kong, they might be like, well, I mean, you know, so for example, if you're, if you're in uh, the West Coast of North America, you might have some black widows and then you have a, a big fear of those spiders, rightly so, because um, those are quite dangerous. But what, what what would you say from just because it's been such a new awake a new kind of process of, of of getting into photography? How would you open this door for other people to invite them into into taking more photos? Do you have any kind of advice? I think the good thing about my photography was I've started with a very easy camera, right? If I'd started with one of those big DSLR cameras, being the technophobe that I am, I would probably. Uh, not have got as into the photography because I I just wouldn't have got the the results as mm-hmm. fast. So I would say for people who are just starting out like me that starting out with a with a handheld, depending on what sort of photography you want to do. Obviously, you want to do macro, then I'd recommend the TG6. Mm-hmm. But starting out with a smaller handheld, 
so that you can just get the hang of how to do it before you move on to the bigger cameras is, is quite mm-hmm. good. Um, I mean, the other, the other good thing about my smaller handheld is if you do want to do certain types of macro, like with um, spiders and caterpillars and, and things like that, then, you know, having something that you can get close into your subject is actually quite good because you've got more control over what you're sure. doing. If you want to take photos of butterflies and dragonflies, then you may need something with a bigger lens because obviously you can't get very close mm-hmm. to them. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, I like taking photos of the dragonflies out at Bridespool. Mm-hmm. And in order to get close enough to them to get a macro shot, I literally have to commando crawl across the rocks mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. camera. All the photographers with their huge lenses and there's me crawling across the rocks like an idiot. Uh, no, like um, a committed person. <laughs> I do. I do. I do um, there's a lot of laughter <laughs> when I go out, That's fine. Um, in that respect. No shame. Just do it. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I think obviously it depends on what you want to take photos of. But having a smaller, simpler camera to start off with is, a, is really good. It, it's funny you're, call, you're calling this, this podcast Shooting at Raw. Do you know I haven't even started shooting in Raw? That's fine. I'm so technically – so everyone has been pushing me. Robert's been pushing me and this other chap, Andrew, who I go with also. They've been all pushing me to go, to go Raw. <laughs> and I just have – I have to get um, Lightbox – downloaded onto my computer yeah. so that I can act and learn how to use that before I can before I can do the raw I'm still shooting in jpegs so I mean you you can even with the very simple you can get relatively good results um, even with the very simple sort of format sure. um, and eventually I'll, I'll move into raw because I'd like to be able to blow my pictures up a bit further. yeah 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 I yeah, got it <laughs> don't be like me and be technically sort of <laughs> you're exactly what you need to be to get these amazing images like you are like your yeah. recipe your approach your whatever you know like you're fine you're totally fine you do what whatever whatever you need yeah. to do to get to get the images and work slowly towards becoming you know becoming better and, and doing more of the technical stuff sasha that's awesome i wouldn't have got where i got if i tried to get a more complicated mm-hmm. camera and been uh been, tr- been trying to work mm-hmm. it out start simple towards the more complicated Sasha, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Really fascinating conversation. And if so, if people want to see more of your images, do you have an online gallery? Yes, I do on Instagram. Okay. Um, and so the, the handle is Haldane Sasha. That's just so just no capitals. I'll link to it. H A L N E S A S H A. And that's so far. Otherwise, you could also have a look on the Bug City Two Facebook sure. page. Uh, but uh, you, you do have to join that mm-hmm. one. Um, it's not to join. It's just having an interest in bugs. Sure. Um, and, but my Instagram page is public. So any, have a look and, and ask me any questions you want about, you know, what I'm taking the photos of. I'm always happy to answer. Thanks for joining me for this call. Listen, I'll see you around. And then next time I'm walking around Bridespool and I see some woman crawling around the rocks, I'll, uh, I'll wave hi. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And that was that. I really hope you also enjoyed listening in. If you did, please share it. You know, sharing is caring, and it's the best way to ensure the episodes keep being made. If you want to know more about Sasha, check out the episode notes for her links. If you'd like to see the episode photos, be sure to visit the website, the podcast links, YouTube channel, Instagram page, and maybe even at the bottom of a glass of beer. 
Shooting It Raw was hosted by me, Ran Elfassi, and is produced by Service Detox Consulting. Mixed in Hong Kong, Shooting It Raw is sometimes distributed by Noam Chomsky. So keep learning, keep exploring, keep becoming a better person. And I'm here if you need me. Bye!